You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. But hairy fish belly. Just I was gonna say, like I don't see, I don't know a lot of fish with hair on them. <laughs> like more like a platypus belly. Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable. Ready, set, hook. And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, as we get ready for the Labor Day Classics across the Canadian Football League. It's quickly become one of my favorite segments on the show where where I read reviews from two and out listeners and then Ty basically explains why they're wrong. <laughs> well, I, I like it's really hard to be right all the time and it's a burden. It's a cross that I bear. <laughs> but <laughs> every every time that I read the prep sheet and it says reviews dot 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 I'm like Oh, no, what did Joe write this time? (laughs) Okay, let's start with what Joe wrote. He gave us a new review. Oh, good. We are now a a (laughs) six-and-a-half-star podcast. We mention Mm -hmm. him regularly, and that makes it the best Mm. podcast out there. That obviously needs to change. (laughs) Uh, Dallas wrote on our Facebook page, You guys put on such a great show. You know your stuff as well as any of the CFL pundits. The fact that you're laughing all the time doesn't necessarily make you funny, but singing Enya does. Yeah, I'd say I'm going to disagree with him there. <laughs> um, you singing Enya might have cost us some five-star reviews. <laughs> and he actually commended me for mel- mentioning a Milky Way ice cream in Regina on the pod. But you mm-hmm. remember when I called it Elephant Stone? <laughs> yeah, and I... I, I knew you were wrong, and I just let it slide and figured left, out that the toilet. always leave me out to dry. Like, there's the bus. It, Ty's got the keys, <laughs> and he steps on the gas. Every time that you do something on Twitter and somebody fires back at you and you send me this screenshot, I chuckle because <laughs> I, do, I, have, I want nothing to do with it, and I just let you I, – I just watch the world burn, <laughs> and, and it's great. Elfin Stone. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I knew I knew what you were meant to say, and I knew what you said was wrong. <laughs> Michael says he loves the podcast. That's one of two that he always listens to on release day. You can't find anything wrong with that. No, no. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, during Thursday night football, it shouldn't be the highlight of your day. I'm sorry if it is. <laughs> well, let's face it. Once yeah. the NFL gets going, it will be the highlight of your day on Thursdays. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, just just a, a tad bit of advice. Thursday night football, bet the home team to cover and the under, and you will win money. <laughs> oh, do it all year long. You're, you're going to make a 1500 bucks by the end of the – tax-free, tax-free. Yeah. Week, week one's a little tough because nobody's on a yeah. short week. But after that, it's it's home team to cover and the under. Ryan from Eat More Barbecue gives us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Says he makes sure to listen to Two and Out every week. He loves the back and forth between Travis and Ty, along with the great CFL talk. And, I mean, you think we talk about food. 
<laughs> that, that's what the podcast is. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's glorious. Oh man, what a what a podcast idea to just travel around Alberta and eat as much barbecue as possible. I love that. I believe they call that the dream. Yes, he's living it. And Paul Ferocious, one last review. Five stars. Excellent CFL podcast. The guys really know what they're talking about, and the back and forth between them is a a lot of fun. Technically sound and wildly entertaining. They are the CFL's original Otis and Tucker from Heavy Machinery. I have to say, that is the first time we've had a Heavy Machinery reference on the podcast, and I am loving it. (laughs) Paul, I love you. Thanks for the review. I don't get the reference. What's the last time you've watched wrestling? Uh, Monday night. Oh, okay. Yep. Now I get it. <laughs> we were we were we were in the middle of our of our football draft, and the sound wasn't really on. We weren't paying attention, and Maverick was making a bunch of racket and distracting us. But now I get it. Yeah, the tag team turmoil. I got it. I got it. I got okay, it. Okay. Here's the thing. Now, who's Otis and who's Tucker? Because Naturally, I would say you're Tucker, but Tucker's a lot taller than Otis. Otis, mm-hmm. if I had to describe him, looks like Humpty Dumpty, but he can do the worm. <laughs> I became famous mm-hmm. for doing the worm, and I kind of cannot do, do the worm, and I kind of do look like Humpty Dumpty in a singlet. So, I guess if, I'm Otis. If I ever see you in a, if I ever see you in a singlet, I'm I'm taking a fork to my eyeballs. <laughs> Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. And right now I have the, my summer tan. It's going to stay with me until about oh. January. So I would look really good in a singlet. <laughs> Hashtag hot boy summer. <laughs> my farmer's tan. It's almost got a fade, you know, you, when you got sort of a fade uh, mm-hmm. in your hair. Oh, it's it's just a nice bronze, and then it fades into fish belly really fast. <laughs> <laughs> but hairy fish belly. Just I was gonna say, like I don't see, I don't know a lot of fish with hair on them. <laughs> like more like a platypus belly. <laughs> Uh, New Era and the Canadian Football League released some retro apparel this uh, week, and they're calling it Turf Collections. I'm really a fan of this stuff. It looks like they had to make up a brand new logo for the riders because I'm pretty sure they're selling all of the retro stuff already, but this stuff looks great. It it looks unreal. Um, You know, the the Stampeders going back to to the guy on the horse, uh, the Eskimos going back to the vintage ease. The Argos, the Al- the Argos with the it, it's unreal. The, the Alouettes hat. Uh, I might have already bought one. <laughs> um, yeah, in case you haven't noticed, I'm all in on the Owls right now this year. Uh, I think that's been pretty obvious. Uh, but no, it looks really good. Um, the only thing that's disappointing is that we can't find those CFL hats because apparently CFL shop is not a thing anymore. Yeah, it's it's dead. So I don't know if we mm-hmm. have to wait to the Grey Cup to find one of those. Although I have realized that if these uh, got the snaps in the back, it's not going to work for my head. 
<laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty much. My head is actually probably eight and a quarter. And you're not going to find a size eight and a quarter hat anywhere. <laughs> no, they, they they cost like an extra fifteen dollars to get them special ordered. Straight up panic when I was in a wedding last year with that cowboy yeah, I, hat. Yeah, I have your hat, by the way. I have a hat in my closet. Well, I have two. Well, <laughs> one's not mine, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> one's not mine because it's too big. <laughs> This is, other than Grey Cup weekend, my favorite weekend in the CFL every single year. It mm-hmm. it just it's special, and uh, I love it that they came out with the turf traditions things just before Labor Day. But Labor Day is special. It's really hard to explain why to a non CFL fan, but. Man, I just got the butterflies. I am so jacked for uh, this this entire weekend. I, maybe just for what it represents. Like, it's a whole transition in the season. It's like the games really start to mean something. The, the, the leaves are changing colors. There's a little bit of crisp in the air. Oh, a, I love this bit? time of year. Yeah, a little a bit. Li- we had frost bit? the other night. Yeah, I, I golfed in 50-kilometer-hour winds today. Don't tell me there was a little bit of crisp in the air. Man, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, it's this is the weekend that separates the men from the boys. And I know that's probably a little outdated and not as PC as people would like it, but that's what it is. This is where we find out what teams are for real and what teams are pretenders. <coughs> Eskimos. Um <laughs> and, 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 you know, this is this is the time of year where – you you need to to start making your push to make a run, especially in the West. This is from now to playoffs. This is where you can't fall off. You, you have to keep playing like you're playing. Uh, every game matters now. You're getting so close to the end. Like, this is the halfway point. You, you can't you can't drop off now. Um, and it's it's rivalry week. It, this is yeah. I equate it to I equate it to Auburn Alabama. Uh, Florida versus Georgia, NCAA, like when every single rivalry game is going on and the TV has 13 football games on, that's what this weekend is. Um, you know, and you might, the teams and the fan bases hate each other, um, but in the end, it's it's a blast. Uh, and this is where the games really start to matter. And, and you can see in the West, one game uh, can drop you from second to fourth in a hurry. It's so strange that, uh, you know, when Labor Day happens and the amount of roster turnover that happens every single year, and I I, I ask players this too, and I I don't know if I've ever gotten an explanation that really answers the question, but every single year the hate just, (laughs) it escalates. And no matter what the records are for either team, it's an all-out battle. We've seen mm-hmm. the Riders smash the Bombers, you know, 52 to nothing on Labor Day, when there there was no business that ever happening. Nope. <laughs> and then the rematch can be, can be completely the opposite. Sometimes stats leading up to these games, 
the stats don't always tell the entire story, but in Labor Day, I feel like that's even amplified even more. What one hundred percent? You look at Toronto Hamilton this week, for example. This game, the, these two games, don't really matter for Toronto. But or when it comes to standings, but if they go two and sixteen, but they they won Labor Day. The season's not that bad. It's pretty bad, but it could have <laughs> been worse. But if you won Labor Day, <laughs> if you've won Labor Day, it's something you can check off the list. <laughs> and that's been the theme of basically the rider seasons the last fourteen years. Because Winnipeg has won one mm-hmm. of the last fourteen Labor Day classics in Regina. It's that, mind-boggling. That's not ideal. It's mind-boggling. Uh, it's yep. going to be a sellout at Mosaic Stadium where the Riders are five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is set at 47-and-a-half. The Labor Day cool. series, teams have played 54 times. The Riders have won 36 of those. The Riders aren't favored in very many series with any team. So this is... <laughs> It, it, it can't be explained. It can't be explained why this happens on Labor Day. The only thing I can come up with is it's a long weekend. They play this Sunday. Right. So nobody has – well, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people have the Monday off. That crowd, the Sunday of Labor Day, is the loudest you'll hear Mosaic Stadium. Yeah, it is. Even louder and than it, maybe the Western Final could top it. But it, it talks well, we the don't West know, semi we, for we sure. Don't, we don't know yet with the West final. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it definitely it was definitely louder Labor Day, and I, I could tell on the TV that it was louder Labor Day. Um, you know, and, and the next week it, it's the same thing in Winnipeg. I know it's not a long weekend, but that place gets ridiculously loud as well. Um, and I think that, that plays a huge part into it, fires, fires the riders up, makes it really hard for the Winnipeg offense to get, to get in sync and, you know, get everything going for them. Uh, but – have only won one of the last 14 games. Uh, I, I think Winnipeg Winnipeg and Edmonton have really good arguments where they could be like, hey, maybe we should be alternating Labor Days right, every yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, have, I, I think it's great. But <laughs> that being said, that, that being said, I mean, next week, it, if, if Nichols and, and Andrew Harris were in the lineup, I, it would be in no doubt a split. But next week still next next week still worries me going into Winnipeg. Well, yeah, you look at 2015. The Riders were 0 and 9 going into yep. Labor Day and to beat the Bombers. Like, <laughs> yeah, I lost a lot of money on that one. <laughs> that just shows how it goes. It is it is absolute madness. So let's talk about Andrew Harris. Where a few hours after we released Monday's episode, ben, do you mean Ben Johnson? Oh. oh, no, sorry, Andrew Harris. I uh, cheetah all the time. Oh, God. I I just, I don't know. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Okay, Dad. <laughs> you know, I, it's such crappy timing, not only for the mm-hmm. Bombers on the field because they have their biggest rival over the next two weeks, but just a week after he was the all-time Canadian leader in yards gained. And that just... Th- doesn't that tarnish it all? Um, 
Two. Do you think – I'm going to put it in a different perspective. So let's talk Hall of Fame because Andrew Harris is obviously a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you can't – I like right? I feel, you know, as far as baseball goes, it's a whole different conversation. But if well, you're going to let – that's exactly where I was going. If you're going to let Barry Bonds have those records, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame. There's no – Thank you. You can't – take them away or put them in the Hall. There's no in between, yep. and like you're gonna have you have guys in there that have all that you know. Pitchers were on it too. Don't don't think it was just yeah. the batters because you're foolish. Um, it, it's it's also a museum, so that's part of the game. That's part of the history of the game that right. Bud Selig just let this happen. Anyways, um, it, it's really bad timing if you look at it at the point where you know they lose they lose Matt Nichols last week. Uh, Andrew Harris, you, you figure he's got to be a bigger part of the offense now with Chris Trevler. Trevler doesn't throw the ball while well, he threw it 17 times, only completed seven. Rush game is going to be huge for the Bombers. Uh, you know, and then this story comes out, and I was dumbfounded. Um, but yeah. I, don't buy, I don't buy for a second that it was a tainted supplement or a tainted sample. Um, when it comes to athletes, I'm pretty jaded. Uh, you cheated. Uh, we've seen it. I don't know how many times in other sports. Oh, it was it was a tainted sample. I didn't know I was. It was an over the counter. The trainer gave it to me. It must have been in that. Blah blah blah. And then you know they go through two or three different tests, and then eventually it's like, yeah, I did it. So don't 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 piss on the back of my neck and tell me it's raining. I'm sorry, but it, it's it. And this isn't because he's a bomber. I love Andrew Harris. I love watching him play football. I'd feel the same. Uh, if it was a rider, uh, Argonaut, an Alouette, a Tiger Cat, an Eskimo wouldn't matter. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to PEDs in sports, it's not a p- innocent until proven guilty. It's the other way around for me. And that's that's just me. I don't know how you are, but that's just me. I think he cheated, and I think he got caught. And now he's he's backtracking and apologizing because he got caught, not because of you know that he had a tainted sample and he's sorry that it happened. He's sorry. The only reason he's apologizing is because he got caught. I want to believe him, and that that's part of the reason why I am so uh, torn up about this, because I, I don't want it to be true. And I, I think that's what bothers me uh, the most about it. But I, I do see a lot of people crapping on him. You know, he's 32. He's playing his best football ever. So they assume that he's been cheating the entire time. I am not. No. I don't want to guess. But I'm, but I, I I could see it being a situation where he's been working through some injuries, and maybe he took something to help him recover a little bit faster. Yeah, and that was it. Like I I, I don't see him doing this, you know, nonstop for the last five years or whatever. You know, no, I, I, no, and I I think it's it's strictly a recovery ordeal. We we see it in other sports where you know guys get hurt, so they take it. Uh, so they can recover, and they're not even playing. They're trying to recover from an injury in the offseason so they can get back to training to get ready for the year, and it just remains in their system for too long or they get tested at the wrong time. Uh, Although him coming out and saying, yeah, it's become a running joke how much he's getting tested. Um, I mean, Pat McAfee got piss-tested after a 70-yard punt in the NFL. Well, yeah, he's going to get picked out 
for drug testing. Um, Andrew Harris is 32 years old, breaking records and playing like he had like not like age isn't a factor. Yeah, you're going to be singled out a little bit because at 32 years old, this isn't supposed to happen. Now the amount of the amount that was in his system or that they found, you know, he's obviously not taking it game days. Right. Right. Like it's it, it, I think it's strictly recovery, and he just he screwed up. And so that's another part that bothers me. Like if if he did uh, do it knowingly, he knew what he was doing. I would rather that he own it and uh, mm-hmm. take responsibility. I think that but would not, look. Don't a lot do it like. Ru- yeah, don't do it like Ryan Braun and you know deny it for for two weeks and then have a huge press conference to save face and say I knowingly did it. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe maybe the trainer did give him something unknowingly. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, there's probably still more investigation to go on as to what actually happened. But it's in his system, and at the end of the day, he's the one responsible for it. It looks like they're gonna. Well, Darren Bombing out of Winnipeg kind of figures it's going to be a running back by committee there with Johnny Augustine maybe getting carries Nick Dembski and John Santiago. I kind of am leaning towards Johnny Augustine getting the bulk mm-hmm. of the work, but against Saskatchewan over the next two weeks, I, I I don't know if I would really trust having any of the guys in my lineup. At least Dembski gives you some upside in the receiving yeah. game too. Well, I mean, and Dembski's really a jack-of-all-trades, whether he's, you know, catching passes or is able to run an end around or is lined up in the backfield to begin with. Uh, but with Chris Trevler at quarterback, I just don't have any faith in their passing game, especially with the pass rush that Saskatchewan can get and the pressure they can put on quarterbacks with that front seven. It, it's just one of those things where I think Chris Trevler's like the end. I mean, Edmonton's front seven is, you know, the, these might be one in one a, uh, in the league uh, between Saskatchewan and Edmonton for, for their defensive fronts. So he's got a pretty pretty big uh, task ahead of him. Uh, and, and we saw last week, yeah, he got the win. It wasn't pretty. I don't expect it to be another pretty one. I think, uh, again, it's going to rely heavily on the run. Uh, and I, I would think Johnny Augustine's going to get the bulk of those carries. The Andrew Harris news is not the only big news to come out of Winnipeg this week as they have released... <laughs> Receiver Chris Matthews, who everybody was sort of excited about to begin the season. They had big hope for another big-body receiver to make some plays alongside Darvin Adams. But the production hasn't been there. The production hasn't really been there for any bomber pass catcher, to to be honest. Even Lucky Whitehead had the big games at the beginning of the year, and he's kind of fallen a little bit silent. So Matthews is gone, and that's after signing a three-year deal. His deal would have become guaranteed Friday this week, so they decided to save the money and let him go. But I think he's been outperformed by younger, cheaper receivers like Kenny Lawler. Uh, sorry, this is this is a long this is a long list. Kenny the King Lawler. I'm sorry. Oh, um, oh, oh. Well, excuse you. <laughs> Um, young receiver Rashid Bailey put on a show at training camp. He might start to see 
some snaps as the season goes mm-hmm. on. And it does kind of look like they want to get Daniel Peterman more involved as well. But Darvin Adams has returned to practice, and that seemed to be a factor here. They had a bit of a roster crunch, and Chris Matthews is the one that's now out of a job. But Chris Matthews has had 22 targets in the six games he's played and has only caught 12 of them for 180 yards and one touchdown. Um, Darvin Adams is going to give you better production than that. And if you can get Kenny the King Lawler or Daniel Peterman or guys like that to give you those 12 receptions and 180 yards at a discount compared to Chris Matthews, this move makes total sense. I wonder if they're going to be waiting uh, as far as NFL cuts, though, and setting aside some cap space there as well. But it does look like, and I'm just saying that some CFL guys, they look like they're playing really well in NFL camps. Mm -hmm. Duke Williams, I've seen him score at least two touchdowns for the Buffalo Bills. Sam McGuavin is turning heads in Miami, I know they might be the worst team in the league this year. The but... Bills are always good in the preseason, though. Like, let's <laughs> just cool it. So Duke might make the team. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there's Brandon Zilstra floating around there. Maybe that's what they're kind of doing. There's been rumors that they want to make a trade for SJ Green as well. I, I've heard that rumor flying around. But I got to think they, they'd be making another move to try to get a bigger sure-handed receiver in that uh, receiving core. That, well, they need something. Um, I With Chris Strebler, I don't know how much of a difference a receiver is going to make. Right. Um, you know, with Andrew Harris back there, it's it's feasible for them to win football games. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you got you still got Nick Dembski who is who can do everything. Uh, Lucky Whitehead who can turn the game on a on a dime. You know, he can he can take a hitch pass or a swing pass and turn it into a thirty forty yard game. Uh, with Harris out now, and you know, you still have Chris Trevler is hypothetically, if this trade happened tomorrow and S.J. Green is in the lineup, how big of a difference does it make if Trevler's only throwing the ball seventeen times? Yeah. So right. I but mean, I, I do get I do get why they would want that, but with the system they have, no receiver is really set up to to put up the big numbers. Um, you know, guys like Darvin Adams have in the past, obviously, um, but I just I I think the without. Having Matt Nichols and Andrew Harris, I just think it's just going to be – it's going to turn into kind of like a wildcat offense, but with your actual – with your quarterback in the quarterback position, but he he's basically a second running back. And, I mean, they can make the move to get an SJ Green or another sure-handed receiver, big-body guy, for when Nichols comes, Nichols comes back. And, and that could be – that can make a huge difference when Nichols returns. Uh, but right now, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. They were talking to Kevin Glenn. They were talking to my boy, Drew Willie. But neither. No, no calls to Darian Durant. 
<laughs> I don't think so. Neither of those have really worked out. So they have signed quarterback Kevin Anderson, who spent rookie camp with the Bombers this year, and he also spent time in the AAF. Craig Rowe returned to practice this week, and Jackson Jeffcoat was seen around the field. He's eligible to practice next week. So maybe he is ready to go for the Banjo Bowl. I mean, if uh, Willie Jefferson keeps rolling the way he is, <laughs> I think they've got some time for those guys to get back onto the field. Ugh. That's that's the only – Willie Jefferson is the only reason that I want to bet the Bombers on Sunday. He can <laughs> he can take over a game. We saw it against Edmonton. <laughs> he, he won the game against Edmonton. He, he did. Had a punt, he had a punt single. <laughs> Will, Willie Jefferson had a punt single. Unreal. <laughs> On Do you the, get points for that? No. No. Damn. On the Saskatchewan side of things, the uh, only new face we've seen at practice this week was Micah Johnson, and he seems he's fired up for mm-hmm. this game against Winnipeg. So the Riders so far... I know Brendan Labatt is on the six-game injured list. Patrick Lavoie, Zach Evans, Tacoby Cofield, Philip Blake. They, they've had a lot of injuries on the offensive line, but they're still making it happen. They've got some depth there mm-hmm. outside of the offensive line. They've been able to stay relatively healthy. Yes, and the depth that they have at that D-line position makes the absence of Micah Johnson not that bad. D-line and O-line, absolutely. Yeah, the depth of both positions, really. Uh, you know, O-line, you with the, with the injuries and, and all that that's happened, you would think like it, you would think that would stick out more. Uh, and there probably have been mistakes, but I think a lot of those have been covered up, so to speak, because Cody Fajardo is so mobile. Yeah, yeah, he is. Right, and he's he's able to scramble and make plays with his feet. So the 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 mistakes on the O line aren't as magnified as if they were on the defensive line. We haven't seen a lot of mistakes on the defensive line, and everybody that's been put in that position has done real well. Uh, you know, guys that we didn't even really know or know like when when they played two weeks ago. Uh, help me out here. The, BC. the two fumble return touchdowns, yes. Like a couple of those guys is like who? I was listening <laughs> on the radio and it just it, it, right. Like I don't mean that as a disrespect. Like I looked at I looked I look at the depth chart every week and I see the guys on there, but you, their names don't get talked about a bunch. And then you know it comes to a point where they're going to get more playing time and they totally delivered and they've done that. You know the injuries haven't been that bad on the defensive line, or they've been covered up by the depth, and the guys on the offensive line have, have really, really shown up uh, with all the injuries as well. Sorry, that was, uh, I believe that was the Montreal three-quarter game when the, those guys got in, and because uh, there were no offensive touchdowns scored in that game. <laughs> yeah, that might have been it, too. I mean, anybody, any defense that plays BC looks, looks like world beaters, right? Well, let's talk about the Riders right now. The teams that they have beaten this year, mm-hmm. Toronto Argonauts, mm-hmm. the BC Lions twice, Hamilton mm-hmm. without Jeremiah Mazzoli, Montreal mm-hmm. without Vernon Adams, the three-quarter game, mm-hmm. and they beat Ottawa. I'm not calling them pretenders yet because they haven't lost to a good team. Well, they got smashed by Calgary. Oh, wait. 
Oh, wait. Yeah, but everybody gets smashed by Calgary. <laughs> Although they shouldn't have. Well, no, they shouldn't have. They got absolutely throttled. Yeah. And they lost to the Ticats in week one, and they lost to the Red Blacks in week two. So I, I, it's still really hard to kind of gauge what the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are at this point. I, I put them in the same category as Edmonton right now. Who have they I, beat? I don't, go the, I don't go that far because Saskatchewan's rolling with a backup quarterback. Okay. And I know, I know, I know that he has started eight games this year, and he's looked awesome. But he also isn't Trevor Harris. If you have Trevor Harris, Greg Ellenson, DeForest Daniels, C.J. Gable, you shouldn't be losing to the teams that Edmonton has lost to. Now, don't get me wrong. Saskatchewan can can lose again to Calgary. They could still lose the, the games against Edmonton. They could get swept in this in this Labor Day and Banjo Bowl. But, you know, week one, whatever, it's week one, Kalaros got hurt, changes the whole game plan. Week two, I don't understand what the hell that was from Ottawa. <laughs> I'll, I'll never understand what happened in week two. It makes zero sense to me. Um, the Calgary game, yep, that was pretty bad. But Edmonton lost to Chris Strebler completing seven passes. Well, Edmonton's lost to Winnipeg twice. They lost to Montreal I don't think the Riders are there yet. If they if they lose Labor Day, then they're in the, then then they're in this. I put them in the exact same category as Edmonton. So let, let's look at the teams that Edmonton has beaten: Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, BC. Mm-hmm. That's yes, it. but Edmonton has Trevor freaking Harris and Greg Allenson and DeForest Daniels, C.J. Gable, Tavon Smith has been producing. Like this is a team that was built to win and. They're just laying eggs against teams that they shouldn't be. They're beating the teams they should be. Yep. These next three right. weeks are big for the Eskimos. They've got the Stampeders twice, and then, uh, well, after a bye week, they have the Ticats. So mm-hmm. they, they've got to they've got to beat some teams here in the next little while if they want to keep pace and uh, get a home playoff game. This, uh, uh, but I mean. Saskatchewan, I, I still put Saskatchewan a bit ahead of Edmonton because they're finishing drives. Edmonton's kicking field goals. They're kicking a lot of field goals. <laughs> I mean, Sean White's leg is going to fall off by the end of by the end of the season. <laughs> we'll get to that because I I had a real good joke on Twitter today about the Eskimos. Perfect. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local local charities it's actually really cool you're supporting local when you buy from park power so your hard-earned money stays right here in the province supporting hard-working people here in alberta and yeah they share their profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their community so when you sign up for park power you get to choose you know what charity you want those profits to go to so personally you get to choose uh, what organizations you are helping out. That is really cool what they do. So if you want to support and make the switch to Park Power today, it's really easy to do. they got all kinds of calculators on the website showing you what you will save. Parkpower.ca. Make the switch today. Parkpower.ca. So if if I make the switch, 
Is there a possible possibility that I could have a donation to the human fund? <laughs> Money for people? <laughs> oh, a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Guess what episode was on yesterday? That one? <laughs> no, I was in the pool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. I laughed heartily. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the first half of the Labor Day doubleheader is the Toronto Argonauts in Hamilton, where the Ticats are 11.5 point favorites. The over-under here is set at 51.5. It is another sellout in the hammer. The Ticats lead this Labor Day series. 34 13 and 1. Whoa. They, uh, they dominate this one. I have a hunch that this one's going to be a little bit different than the game back in June, don't you? Uh, I, I think I still think Hamilton wins by 50. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be it's going to be a completely different ball game. Uh, you know, Dane Evans uh, you know, Brandon Banks hasn't been used like he was with Jeremiah Masoli. No. It's been the Braylon Addison show, right? So I, I don't see Hamilton putting up the points they did. I think it would be a little closer. I still think Hamilton squeaks it out, though. You know what? I think this game's going to be a lot – well, obviously it's going to be a lot closer than 50. But the, I think Toronto covers. Yeah, me too. The, the Argos, they had Montreal last week. They just let oh that slip God. through their fingers. And – the Thai Cats with Dane Evans, they're not setting the word world on fire, and they certainly didn't do that in BC last week. They they barely beat the Lions. Barely, yeah. So like, I think I think at this point the Argos are better than the Lions. They <laughs> yeah yeah the, their old line is anyway. Yeah, that you can definitely uh, <laughs> guarantee that. Uh, Back then, they were relying more on James Franklin. James Wilder in that last game had six carries for 12 yards. He's been a healthy yep. scratch as of late. Uh, it's going to be a lot different than what we saw in June. The Argos aren't as lost as they were then. Will we see a challenge for no yards in this game? I bet I I am willing to bet that Chamberlain is out of challenges by the end of the first quarter. <laughs> That's very possible. <laughs> like, I made some pretty bad decisions on the golf course today, but nothing that stupid. <laughs> Both teams, it, it feels like it's almost been two seasons since back in June. They're just completely mm-hmm. different uh, since then. Dane Evans, though, as far as fantasy goes, Maybe there's an opportunity here for him to, or you to put him in your lineup. He's under $6,000. It's tough to beat that deal. Oh, there is a very good possibility of him being in a lineup or two. Um, you know, his average, he's only started the one game against Toronto, 16.9 points. His career average, only 13.9. But like you said, uh, only $5,485. Uh, gives you an average of 324.56 per point. Um, that's. That's a pretty good deal, uh, considering that you know you look at guys. <clears throat> excuse me, like Bo Levi Mitchell, for example, would it's going to cost you five hundred and thirty dollars a point. So yeah. you're you're getting value there, and you know with that Toronto defense, there is a chance for him to put up some numbers. And yeah. the same can be said for McLeod Bethel Thompson uh, this week. 
you know, yeah, he's over nine thousand dollars at nine nine thousand sixty one. Holy crap! But he moves the football down the field. He puts up the passing yards. Uh, last week was a little bit low com- compared to what he's done uh, so far this year. Uh, he's had some four hundred yard games, or some sorry, some three hundred yard games. But um, you know, he does. They do put up the numbers. They don't. They don't score the points as much as you would like, but. Uh, both quarterbacks in this this matchup are definitely options uh, to put into your lineup. One and and cheaper than you know your your Trevor Harris yeah. and stuff like that. So so let's look at the past two weeks for Dane Evans. They beat Ottawa twenty one to seven a couple of weeks ago. Braylon Addison had ten targets, eight catches for a hundred mm-hmm. yards. Uh, Luke Tasker had nine targets, uh, six catches for 83 yards in that game. He missed last week, so that's a status to watch heading into this one. Uh, Jalen Acklin had three catches for 46 yards in a touchdown against Ottawa. Against BC, Jalen Acklin had six catches for 91 yards. So if they're going to be without Luke Tasker again, I like teaming up Acklin or Addison with Dane Evans and possibly getting uh, a nice little points there because Addison has had double-digit targets the past mm-hmm. two games. Brandon Banks over the last two games, he has had five oh. catches for 62 yards. Yeah. That's not Brandon Banks' numbers. <laughs> no, and... Brandon Banks, or sorry, Dane Evans has worked with the second team. Braylon Addison wasn't a starter. Yep. Same with Ackland. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're going to have a lot of familiarity with each other. Uh, makes it easy for him to be your hot route, your number one, your number one option, right? You're not. I don't want to say check down, but he's going to be the guy that you're you're most comfortable throwing the ball to. You know his break. You know his cuts. You know what he's going to do. Um. That being said, you've. You've been on this team. You've seen what Brandon Banks can do. You got to get the ball in his hands. Yeah, that uh, has to be a rate, strategy. Yeah, his usage rate has dropped significantly compared, or not maybe not significantly, but it has dropped compared to what it was with Mazzoli under center, uh, and and it's hurt Hamilton. I, I know they're winning football games, uh, but you look at Dane Evans' four games as a starter this year: 196, 260, 299, 194 yards. Four TDs, five picks, six picks, or no, five picks. Um, he needs to be better, and to me, that means getting in sync with Brandon Banks and getting the football in his hands because he's going to make plays for you. You know what? I, I kind of think that the Tie Cats are quietly. You know, I think we all know they're on top of the East Division, but they're eight and two. A very quiet yeah, eight and two. Quiet eight and. Yeah, no, nothing flashy since Masoli went down, especially. Yeah, and, and even when Masoli, even when Masoli was uh, the starter, I mean, yeah, they had the huge win against Toronto there in week two, and he had the two hundred, the two four hundred yard games. But I mean, other than that, it was one hundred and sixty nine yards, one hundred and ninety two, and the game he got hurt in, uh, you know, he was on pace. Like he had, he was six of seven for fifty nine yards, but he also threw a pick. Like, it hasn't been a sexy 8-2 and two by any means. The Ticats are undefeated at home, so that is mm-hmm. something to keep in mind. If I wanted to put a Ticats running back in my lineup, which the only reason I would want to is because of the savings, 
uh, on salary goes because their running game has not been the same since Sean Thomas Erlington got hurt. But last week they listed Anthony Coombs as the starter on the depth chart. Cam Marshall led the team in carries with 13 and 66 yards on the ground. And the week before against Ottawa, he had 12 carries for 92 yards. So Marshall mm-hmm. might be the guy I'd want in my lineup if I uh, had to choose between the two. Uh, probably not a bad pick. I had him in my, uh, what would you call it, preliminary <laughs> lineup earlier this week, trying to make things work for me. Um, I, I've i given up on depth charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's just a royal piss-off, really. But... Cam Marshall, I think for sure, would be your best option. Anthony Coombs depends on the usage. Doesn't hasn't really got the usage. I mean, the, the game where Sean Tomlin Sterlington went down, it looked like it was going to be a big uh, to do, and and he was going to get looks. But I mean, yeah, Cam, Cam Marshall at, at 50, just fifty four hundred seven dollars. I mean, you look at the running backs you have this week. Uh, you know, do you really want to put in a William Powell against that Winnipeg front? And the same goes with, do you want to put Johnny Augustine against the Saskatchewan front? Toronto's defense doesn't scare anybody right now. Uh, Edmonton and Calgary, I don't know if you want to run him back against either one of those two. So, I mean, Cam Marshall at the price, the team he's playing, could be a real steal this week. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, is he going to throw for 300 yards this week? Probably. 464 last week against the Alouettes. <laughs> yeah, and and loses. <laughs> they need to, they're a team that needs to finish drives because they move the ball. Mm-hmm. 100% they do. Um Kerpinia got lucky hitting two upgrades off the bar and, going, <laughs> and going through, right? Quarter of an inch the other way. Yeah. It's a complete miss. Mighty Ducks. Um <laughs> Yeah, and we've seen it with with Edmonton. Kicking field goals isn't going to win you a lot of football games. It's nope. just not. <laughs> um, they need to start putting the ball in the end zone. And it starts with the running game, I think, because you can't expect to throw. And I know the end zones are bigger, but if you're on the five yard line, that's a twenty five yard spot. That there's a lot of bodies in that twenty five yards. Uh, you know, you got it. You, the big boys up front have got to make you holes, have got to push forward, and, and you got to pound that ball in the end zone. Um, and, yeah, he had the, the Jimmy Ralph touchdown. He was wide open. It, it's a breakdown. It's not going to happen every time. Uh, they need to start finishing drives, like you said. And, and, you know, if they're not, I mean, yeah, win Labor Day and your season's not a complete disaster. Lose this, go 1-17. And every, nobody's going to care about the one in seventeen. It's going to be the Labor Day game. The Argos are giving up five point six yards a carry, and the Tie Cats, or five point nine yards a carry, and the Tie Cats are giving up five point six yards a carry. That's good enough for eighth and ninth in the CFL. So they're both struggling mm-hmm. against the run. And if Teddy Laurent misses this game as well, then I think it might be the Burks and Rainey show. Although those guys. They're not really between the tackles, guy, guys, and I kind of get a feeling that Chris Rainey's going to break one one of these days. It's just one of those weird gut feelings. Just has to happen. 
Eventually, yeah. <laughs> like the numbers never lie, right? Right, exactly. Ex- except when they do. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go to McMahon Stadium, where the Stampeders oh, are three and a half point favorites. The over/under set at this game between the Esks and Stamps at forty-eight and a half. I just want to say one sentence on this. Wake up, Alberta! I know you got the biggest stadium on the Labor Day Classics, but let's let's start filling McMahon a little bit here. And it's not. Do you, do you know what happens when McMahon is full? I know what the concourse is like. I know. <laughs> like <laughs> beer you might as well out. just wear a diaper. <laughs> Oh, but I think this responsibility <laughs> lays on Eskimo fans too. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a two hour drive. Um, Considering how fast you can go in the Kiwi too, yeah. Oh yeah, it might be an hour and a half, right? <laughs> Stay in the left hand lane. Leave your blinker on. <laughs> the sheriffs will I, be out I, on Monday. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, they. Yeah, well, hey, it's a long weekend. They'll be out all weekend. Yeah, don't yeah. don't don't speed, let alone drink and drive. Um, yeah, I, I I don't put it so much on Eskimo fans. It's not their responsibility. But to, they, there still used to, to be fill maybe up other stadiums. a couple thousand of them, and now there's like a couple hundred yeah. of them. And the the Bomber fans, I don't think they go to Regina as much as they used to, but they've won one of the last 14. But that's a six-hour drive, and they still got buses going that way. Yep. Um, I, I still it, – it's not, it's not the Eskimos fans or the team's responsibility to put butts in the seats in McMahon. Yeah, that's – that's fair. I, I, I know. I know it would be nice. It would look really good for it to be a sellout and all that. Um, do you want to drive the two two and a half hours to watch your team get beat and then have to drive home when you could have just sat at home and paid one eighth of the price for beer? Dude, I grew up in Lloyd Minster as a Ryder fan. That was my entire childhood. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> You forget I was in your childhood. <laughs> How many wins have I seen the Riders have at Commonwealth Stadium? I don't want to know I've the record. I've seen one. <laughs> I've seen one. And it was two years ago when the Deron Carter returned yes. for the two-point convert. This Labor Day series between the Esks and the Stampeders, 29-29-1. and one. <laughs> So this one's going to break the tie. Yeah. Well, it might not. It might, it might not, Travis. <laughs> oh, that, that would be interesting if this one, if this one tied. But these teams already played. Trevor Harris has to get over that hump, and he has to beat the Stampeders. Bottom mm-hmm. line. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, if you're not going to beat the Stampeders, it's going to be really hard to get to the Grey Cup. Maybe not this year with the way it's going, but I mean, if Bo Levi Mitchell comes back at some point. Calgary is going to become that team they were before he got hurt and be really hard to beat. And if you're Edmonton, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg beat, it doesn't matter. Right now, I know the standing-wise it isn't, but the road to the Grey Cup goes through Calgary. You have to be able to beat this team. Harris did throw for 373 yards the last time these two teams played. He did have two touchdowns, so he did have himself... Uh, a good game at that point. 
Devaris Daniels was not in the lineup. So he's going to be playing his old team for the very first time. And over the past couple games, Devaris Daniels has been getting the ball non-stop. Of course, he had 200 yards against Winnipeg last week. I, If I'm a betting guy, he's not getting 200 again. But he seems to be a key in this offense now. And he's also bumped his career average up to 14.6 points a game. Um, and as a receiver, that is not too shabby yeah. um, for fantasy-wise. Uh, but I think with Calgary, with the DBs they have, I think Tavares Daniels is going to be enemy number one. Yeah, he will be. I think, and and that only opens things up for Greg Allenson, Tavon Smith underneath a little bit, Natea J, Ricky Collins, who is the leading receiver. Like, what? <laughs> he is, man. It's Ricky Collins right, I, I, Jr. Yeah. You focus too much on one guy, and everybody else on that receive in that receiving core is going to hurt you. Yep. And when you have Trevor Harris throwing for 400 yards a game, uh, you you got to pick one. And like if you're if you're gonna you, you got to go all in. You got to you either got to stop the run or stop the pass. Uh, if you have Trevor Harris, you obviously you got to go all in and stop the pass. C.J. Gable isn't going to rush for 300 yards and kill you. It's that's just not going to happen. Um, so, you know, I see – I think DeVaris Daniels gets shut down this week, and I hate to say it, but it's just how I feel. That being said, he's in my lineup just on the off chance that he doesn't. Well, that's what we kind of saw the last time these two teams played. Ricky Collins Jr. Mm-hmm. had six catches for 148 yards, two touchdowns. That included an 83-yard touchdown. The Stamps have been kind of good at shutting down the big play, but some teams have been able to break through on them, including the Edmonton Eskimos. So, yeah, if, I mean, Daniels gets back into this lineup and he makes space for Ricky Collins again, that is still valuable to this Eskimo offense mm-hmm. because they haven't been able to rush against Calgary. Gable had eight carries for 27 yards when these teams played uh, back in August or earlier and, this and month. If you're Cal- <laughs> yeah. If, if you're Calgary, let Edmonton do whatever they want between the goal lines. Yeah, let them score field goals all game long. Yeah, you're, yeah, I I care less. Where if they're if they're dry if they're driving the ball ninety yards a drive and and coming away with field goals, that's also wearing their offensive line out. Like yeah, your defense is going to get gassed, but their offensive line doing and those those are long sustained drives. It's going to go both ways. Um, so I mean, if you're if you're if they're going to drive if they're going to have drives like that, and like you said. They haven't really been able to rush against Calgary, so I expect I expect much more of the same um, from the Edmonton offense not being able to get much done against that front that defensive line and having to rely on the pass. Just get some knockdowns and don't when it's in the end zone. Don't let them get a touchdown and, and let make them settle for field goals. It's been done. We've seen it. They've lost games because they can't get in the end zone. And and if you and it's been proven that if you keep this team out of the end zone, it's pretty much a guaranteed win. I mean, Sean Sean White can't kick eight nine field goals a night. The key for Edmonton is to finish drives and limit stupid penalties. So both things probably won't happen. <laughs> uh, talking about Calgary a little bit, Bo Mitchell was at practice. 
He didn't really take part. He was kind of just tossing the ball around. He was in street clothes. And Winton McManus and Kadeem Carey returned to practice for the Stampeders. So Labor Day weekend with the depth charts not coming out until Sunday, as far as your lineups go, you're really going to need to watch uh, what they have going on uh, throughout the weekend. And we might not know a lot of the starters for some of these games until Saturday or Sunday. Is Winton McManus the one who started everything last week? Is that why that name is ringing a bell to me? Yes, and he was actually not playing. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and another thing, going back to the super penalties, Money Hunter got fined yeah, for, for the touching contact the on the official. So that was good to see. A lot of people on Twitter saying, bench him, blah, blah, he's a bum, whatever. Um, I I agree. Jason Moss isn't going to do it. Um <laughs> But as for Fantasyland stuff, yeah, it's kind of a crapshoot of a week. I mean, the first depth chart isn't going to come out till Saturday. Um, so, I mean, the first game is not till Sunday. So, you it, you don't have to have your – it's not like we're in a big rush to get lineups in. Um, but if you are going to take anybody in this, especially this game, because Calgary's offense, half the time we don't know who's starting at receiver. Um, let – Halfback, or sorry, running back, same thing. We don't know who is going to be listed as a starter. And we've seen them list guys as a starter. They're in for one play, and then they don't play the rest of the night. Uh, so I this week I'm kind of sticking to, I don't want to say sure things, but established guys in lineups uh, right now to, to a certain point. Um, just, I just, I, I just don't know how much longer I can go without picking Nick Arbuckle. Oh, you haven't picked him at all yet, eh? I don't think so. And I, there's been weeks where I should have. Right. But it's like, no, if I pick him, this will be the week Bo Levi comes back and it screws my whole lineup. I saw that he was at practice today and got kind of excited and saw, saw that he didn't dress and didn't take part. But he's on the verge. Uh, you know. And once Bo Levi Mitchell comes back, this team is going to be a different football team than it is with Nick Arbuckle under center. On the Verge is a great hip song, by the way. Um, I do want uh, to... I, I, I prefer the Colin Ray. <laughs> I, I do mention that uh, Don Jackson returned last week, and he did have 77 mm-hmm. yards on the ground as well as six catches. So he's probably still the guy they want to look at in uh, the backfield. But Reggie Bagleton seems to be the number one target for Nick Arbuckle. Uh, last week he had eight Can't catches. Can't blame him. For 173 yards and four touchdowns, and they seem to just be getting the ball into Bagleton's hands. Sometimes they throw him behind the goal line and just put it in his mm-hmm. hands and make him do it. Uh, the week before, he had three catches for 70 yards, so he's their big play guy right now. And in three games against the Eskimos, he's averaged 14.1 points fantasy wise, uh, which is the leader among receivers uh, that don't have a red cross next to their name. On the fantasy website, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kamar Jordan is still worth Kamar Jordan still worth ten grand for some reason. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, wow, <laughs> but yeah, it, he's it's like it's like Brandon Banks, right? With Bagleton, get the ball in his hands, let him make the play, and and you will be a better team and a better offense for it. The Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge does continue. I lost to Ryan from Canadian Football Countdown by 1.9 points. It was all a a DeVere Posey had a big play in the fourth quarter of Touchdown Atlantic, and that 
that clinched the game for him. Man, uh, and you beat BB Can Ryan by like twenty nine. Just crushed him like a I great. had. I did have the highest score last week with Jeremiah Johnson in my lineup. <laughs> well, he did get a TD. He did get a TD. Yeah. I, when I saw the the game had start, or the game was just about to start, and it's like, oh, William Stanback's back in the lineup. I'm like, oh crap! Look at my phone. Ten oh one. Yeah. Well, I'm not changing. I can't make any changes now. So this week you've got Brian from BC Lions Den, and I have Super Fan Mike from the Eskimo Empire Podcast. What's your lineup looking like on Thursday of Labor Day weekend? So I took our own advice and paired up Dane Evans with Braylon Addison, uh, put in William Powell, Brandon Burks, Hergie Mayala, uh, Devaris Daniels. I know I said Calgary is probably going to shut him down. I'm just hoping that they can't. And the Hamilton defense, because yards against uh, do not hurt you in CFL fantasy. It's only the points. So I'm really hoping they just keep Toronto out of the end zone. Right now, I do have Dane Evans as well, uh, Brandon Burks, Anthony Coombs right now. I, I couldn't really afford Cam Marshall yet, but I can guarantee you I'm going to make changes to this lineup. Yeah, because you have Brandon Banks in it. <laughs> I wanted to get Brandon Banks in there. I, I, he can't keep playing the way he is. And when he explodes, he gets you 45 fantasy points. So <laughs> I, I don't want to be. Hype. That's a little hyperbolic, but I get where you're coming from. I don't want to be on the outside looking in on uh, Brandon Banks. I actually got Corey Watson in right now. He's been getting five or six catches mm-hmm. a week. And Rodney Smith, 12 catches, 136 yards for the Argos last week. Could he have another Breakout big game star. in him? He is. And you Breakout know what? star last week. SJ Green's turning it on as well, so he might be a good option. Mm-hmm. I kind of want that Rough Rider defense going against the Bombers oh. without Matt Nichols and without Andrew Harris. Ah, the fired-up Mosaic Stadium crowd, I, I kind of like how they're looking for this uh, this week. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to sit in that suite and just look down at everybody. Like, hmm, I wonder what all the peasants are doing today. And just wave. <laughs> yes, we'll be watching the game in a suite with Chris Getzlaff. What should we ask him? Um, for his brother's number so we can get his autograph. <laughs> Who are your top fantasy performers this week? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got to make a quick edit because I wasn't sure. But So Dane Evans, Trevor Harris, and McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Uh, 16.9, 16.1. McLeod Bethel Thompson, the two games against Hamilton, 11.4 points. Good There's for no real uh, clear cut guys here. No. No, Dane Evans is, is your leader. Uh, William Powell, Brandon Burks, Cameron Marshall. William Powell, six games against Winnipeg, 23.8 points. Wow. Uh, yeah, goes absolutely bananas. Uh, Braylon Addison, Darrell Walker, Luke Tasker. Uh, Addison, your leader, at 20.7 in the two games he's played against Toronto. And the seven that Darrell Walker has played against Hamilton, he's averaged 20.4. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Believe it or not, we're only a few weeks away from the Western Hockey League getting underway and shortly after the National hey, Hockey League. so We're only like 35 days away from the NHL. Wow, five weeks? You kidding me? Yeah, you better get you better get the draft ready there, Commissioner. <laughs> so check out the fourth line WHL cast for all of your Western Hockey League news. I live in a WHL city with the Red Deer Rebels. We had 
had the Mem Cup here a few years ago. So check out that podcast to keep up to date with any uh, mm-hmm. WHL teams from, uh, from you know what, now Winnipeg they got a team all the way to the West Coast. Yeah, and, I mean, it's slowly – the WHL is starting to worry me because they haven't won. They haven't won a game at the Memorial Cup in like three years. What the hell is that? I thought the Raiders were going to do it this year, but you know what's happening? It's all the really good players are starting to play junior A, so they can go to college. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Very like Kale McCarr. Right. Who wants to go to college? You did. <laughs> I'm a yeah. I'm educated, man. You'll never take that away from me. <laughs> yeah, all I know is I'm getting straight A's, and that ain't not bad. <laughs> if you need any tickets for any of the Labor Day games, any CFL game, see to Giant.ca. They're Canadian owned and operated, and they also have uh, the tickets up there in Canadian dollars. So that is a big plus. Even if you're traveling to the states. Canadian dollars. No surprise conversions on your credit card statement. SeatGiant.ca. Use the promo code APN. You'll save 5% and uh, you'll help out the network in the process as well. SeatGiant.ca. Use the promo code APN. That does it this week. Safe travels wherever you're going for Labor Day and enjoy the games. Ty and myself will see you in Regina. That's going to be a blast, isn't it? I, are we going to leave Fuddruckers in Saskatoon? Like, I, I don't know if we're going to make it. Uh, maybe we should uh, just uh, throw a get-together at Fuds on Saturday and call her a day. Ooh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, <laughs> but then Fraser's going to throw up or show up, and it's just going to throw everything. Yeah, then then I'd be forced to go downhill. <laughs> yeah. Leave us a rating. Uber. <laughs> Leave us a rating and a subscription. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere pods are found and we'll talk to you after labor day thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter